Gotcha. Episode 30, I mean, 43 or 44? I don't, I don't even know. I I'm the one that uploads and posts a show and everything, and I never remember what number it is. I didn't. Re- I was on a good streak of re- remembering what number it was. Um, but I don't know. It is Friday. Finally, it's the end of the week. This is our. This is the final thing. Once this is over, I'm sure I'll be in bed. Um, tomorrow, I have essentially the biggest cross country meet for me because I'm probably not going to qualify for Whippeals. Um, oh I'll wait, is it? Are you going to the one that's like at the Whippeal course? It's White Oaks. I don't know. It's is a. Uh, is Ashton going to be there? No, he's not even doing cross country this year. Really? But I've got I've got one of my buddies that's like super good at cross country that's going to an invitation tomorrow. So I don't know. It might be the same one. I'll watch out for a person from Waynesburg and I'll I'll say what's up probably. Um, but if he's really good at cross country, then I'm sure he's just going to dust me because I he's I good. Rest. He's one. We the, our team has had four meets and he's been the race winner in all four of them. There's a person on our team that has won all four too, <laughs> so like first place. So it'll be it'll yeah. be a match for the ages. Be watching them like fifty spots because there's gonna be a lot of people hanging. <laughs> so um, either way, it's a below average week for me, I must say. But pushed through, got to the end, and now we just get to finish off with our our week four prediction. Um, so how was your what have I done these couple of days? I haven't done much. I just went to a soccer game yesterday, just been chilling, uh, schoolwork, watching some NBA Finals games, watching some football. That's about all I've been up to, you know, just chilling out. Have you, have you done anything interesting besides your cross-country expeditions in the past two <laughs> days? Those aren't particularly uh, interesting, but I don't know. We're, we're just we're living the life. I guess we don't we're just chilling high school students. We don't have incredibly busy lives just yet. Um, yeah. But next year I'm gonna have a lot of classes, so we'll we'll have to to manage stuff differently then if we're still doing the Colton and Josh show. Um, I don't know how. I, I can I can imagine we can still get, do pretty consistent two episodes. I think two episodes a week is like really good for for in season. Mm-hmm. We're busier at that time, and we still get to talk about the week and then think say what we're gonna think happens next. Um, and I think the power rankings is nice, but I don't think we should do power rankings every week because I don't think ch- yeah. things change that. Um, but without further ado, how about we get into some of that that news? And obviously, there's a big news, um, but I don't even know if anything else happened other than that. So just get right into yeah, it. Yeah, there's a few things. Um, obviously, last week we talked about the Steelers versus Titans game that was postponed until a later week, and we... We're not given a date as to when that week would be, but now we know. Um, it will officially be played on week seven. So this week will be the official bye week for the Steelers and the Titans. They will have to play 13 straight weeks of football with no bye week, which is a little bit unconventional, to say the least. And then, um, so they're playing week seven, and the Steelers versus Ravens game has been moved from week seven to week eight. Um, so the Ravens get dragged into this mess a little bit. Um, it's rough in all capacities. You've seen a few more Titans players test positive since even the game was postponed. And that's rough for all parties involved. Obviously, the fans want to watch some football. It's only week four. And the players are going to have to have 13 straight weeks of football with no bye week, which is rough on the bodies. You know, they like to have that bye week. And you saw it even up until like yesterday night this morning like when they've officially announced the change the players didn't even know they were on bye week like they're still practicing and like they don't know it's a bye week and you even saw guys like eric ebron go and talk about stuff like you know his he had a his son's birthday party was scheduled for week whatever week the bye week was supposed to be for them but now he's missing a son's birthday party for you know because of some other team that got COVID that they, they could do nothing about. But, you know, that's how it is. You know, it's it, we knew things were going to be different coming into the NFL season. We knew schedules are going to have to be flexible and such. So um, applause for the NFL, I guess, to just they're able to, to get it done so quickly because I didn't – schedule changes are not a simple process. So um, it's just nice that they're able to get it done quickly and efficiently and we don't got to wait three weeks to even figure out when the game's going to be. So that's good at least. Yeah, I do feel really bad for the players because I think a lot of times people forget that, like, they're still a person, even though they, like, play sports, you know. Like, yeah, and you saw that with Eric Ebron, you know, he's going to miss 
this is mm-hmm. child's birthday and yeah I'm like he said yeah they're still they're still practicing it's not like they get like a real real bye week and stuff but i don't know it is yeah. sad to see i guess but what are you gonna do it's the world yeah. we live in it's a very uh tumultuous per se things can change a lot very quickly and we saw that mm-hmm. and you know as a professional athlete if you're not opting out of the season you pretty much are you're knowing that things could happen with COVID and that could affect your schedule and the team schedule and this, that, and whatever else. So um, the next thing we got here, a big extension, Baltimore Ravens corner, Marlon Humphrey. I ranked him as the fourth best corner in the league. Um, signs a five-year, ninety-five or $97.5 million extension, making him one of the highest-paid defensive backs in the NFL. I actually, so I was looking at just some of the NFL, like Instagram accounts that I follow. And it was like going through every position and like taking polls and stuff. And like you could vote for like who's been the best player this season at this position and at corner position. Like when I was entering in my votes for everything, personally, I said Marlon Humphrey so far this season. Um, just I don't I haven't seen a corner plays as well as Marlon Humphrey has this season thus far. I do still think by the end of the season, the number one corner will be Tredavious White. But as thus far, all my predictions like. You know, some of them I don't think are going to continue. Like, I don't think, I don't remember what I said. Like, middle linebacker, I don't think Devin White's going to continue to be the best middle linebacker in the league, which is more who I rated. But um, for now, so Marlon Humphrey's a great player, great young guy out of Alabama, been an absolute stud ever since coming to Baltimore. Um, not much to say there. He's a beast. So, respect to him. Huge extension. Yeah, I didn't yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I had him ranked high. I don't really remember the exact number. Um, but we all know he's good. He's really young too. So get him locked up now. You'll have him first prime. And then when you're old, you can make another decision. I don't know. Yes. That's a pretty forward <laughs> news. Um, yeah. Much much. <laughs> um, we've got now Packers wide receiver, Alan Lazard coming off the greatest game of his career thus far, um, has had a core muscle surgery and he is out indefinitely. So that's definitely a big hit there. There's no timetable for a return for him, and that's rough because Aaron Rodgers it does not have the greatest weapons already, um, and then he just loses his number two wide receiver. Obviously, you will probably see Devontae Adams return to the lineup this week, but there's still so much stuff going on there. Um, obviously, Lazard is gone. Funchess opted out, so it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and who else? I don't even know who else. So. It's rough there, and Rodgers' weapons just get thinner and thinner by the minute. And as of now, he's probably the second highest MVP voting, I would say, if I had to give an MVP vote. Um, so, you know, and Rodgers, hey, he's having a beastly season. There, there's not much I can really say. That. It's really rough to see Alan Lazar get on, especially after such a great, promising game from him last week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now, do you know who their tight end is? I don't even know who the Packers tight end is at the moment. Jace Sternberger. <laughs> Chase Sternberger, yeah, so no big-name tight end there. Um, yeah, that's rough, but Aaron Rodgers has done it this thus far, and just losing one more target, I don't know. Devontae Adams, fantasy owners rejoice at that, honestly. I am a Devontae oh. Adams fantasy owner. You're gonna, he's stacking up those targets. He's going to he's gonna get, like, 50 receptions. <laughs> no, not, he's not going to get 50 receptions, but maybe so. Aaron Jones. Um, who knows? Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Great game. A really good game. Oh, boy, did he. Um, so, next, after the Tariq Cohen ACL injury that's going to sideline him for the season, the Bears have signed former Miami Dolphin, former Houston Texan, Lamar Miller, to the practice squad. Um, all signs indicate he's probably not going to stay on the practice squad for the rest of the season. He'll probably be booted up to the 53-man roster relatively soon um, to be David Montgomery's backup in all likelihood. Um but yeah, they run a lot of systems in which a receiving back is necessary. Um, and Tariq Cohen was always that guy. Now they bring in Lamar Miller because they don't really have that guy alongside David Montgomery after the injury. So good move there. Um, savvy veteran there in Lamar Miller, one of the better running backs in the league throughout his whole career. Um, and yeah, he's back. Chicago Bears practice squad. We'll see where he goes from there. Now, if you're going to sign a receiving... I, if I'm going to sign a receiving... Running back, I think I might sign Jay Ajayi. Now he's in good shape. No, I heard recently. Jay Ajayi, I learned it. I learned recently. Um, Jay Ajayi is an esports player now. I saw that. I think we. I think we both saw it on the same social media post. Um, Probably. If he's, it's hard to tell if he's in shape or not. 
But if he is, I definitely sign Jay Ajahi because Jay Ajahi was electric back in the day. And his his production kind of with the Eagles at the end of his tenure there, but um I don't know. But, and I thought yeah. you know, I was very interested to hear that because I was always confused after the Eagles. I don't know what happened to him, but I guess I know now. Um <laughs> the next piece here is sad if you're notably a Jets fan, but also if you're a fan of anyone in the NFL, um, you you hate this guy. Per Connor Hughes of The Athletic, the Jets will not fire Adam Gase midseason this year. Um, Adam Gase will be retained through at least the end of the season. So if you're a Jets fan, it's not good. And it's not good if you're a fan of the league because no one wants to see bad football. And Adam Gase is not a good head coach in any respect. Um, Free Sam Donald. There's been talks. We've talked about last episode the possibility of trevor lawrence on the jets and sam darnold leaving there's been i've seen so much stuff recently obviously i don't i wouldn't call it realistic to any extent but there's been so much stuff that i've been seeing it's like maybe if the jets get the number one pick trevor lawrence decides that he wants to stay at clemson for another year and uh, yeah not to say that like that's going to happen but that might not be the worst career decision <laughs> um the Jets are just such an awful franchise at this point. They don't have good ownership. They don't have good um, people in the front office. They have the worst head coach in the NFL, and that's not even debatable. And the offensive line isn't good. We've seen strong play from Mekhi Becton, the rookie, thus far, but that's really it. They don't have a receiving core. Their running backs are lackluster. Um, there's no thing about that team that's appealing to a, a young quarterback. Yeah, and that was I saw some sports commentator. Yeah, he said that. That, that, that's what he thinks. Um, Peyton Manning stick one more year at Tennessee, so he got to miss out on the Jets because the Jets have been like the same organization. They're always like mediocre or bad. Or like there was that stretch with Sam with Mark Sanchez that they like went to the playoffs, but yeah, seemed that showed to be a fluke. Essentially, it was the year and, that they yeah. almost went to the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's like it's weird that I don't know if I'm Trevor. If they really think they're gonna move on from Sam Darnold, though, like Sam Darnold looks is like. Of course, very promising, but I feel like you, you trade down one or two picks or something if you're really going to... For me, I mean, while I am a Sam Darnold fan, and I've expressed it time and time again, um, I will not... If I, if I have the number one pick and I'm not the Kansas City Chiefs, Houston Texans, or like Baltimore Ravens, or like maybe the Cardinals, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is one of the greatest quarterback prospects we've seen in the past decade. Um, and it's just clear cut. I take Trevor Lawrence over mostly any guy in this league that's pretty much masking kind of thing. That's all I can say. Um, so if I get the number one pick on a team that's that bad, um, I'm like the New York Jets or the New York Giants. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence and I'm letting Daniel Jones slash Sam Darnold walk. Um, or I'm trading them for whatever value I can get. But you know that's that's a conversation I mean, for a different time. For that, it was like unheard of to draft a quarterback and trade the person that you just drafted. Until the Cardinals did it with Josh Rosen, and mm-hmm. since then it's always in the conversation, you know, yeah. with you know Burrow or with or now Trevor Lawrence, you know. So I mean, not not Trevor, not Joe Burrow because who's Cincinnati going to really trade? But Ryan know. Finley, yeah, Ryan Finley has so much draft capital at the moment, <laughs> or or Randy Dalton, I guess, if, like because I already had like a solid quarterback because Andy mm-hmm. Dalton is like, um, but. I, don't know, I guess it makes sense if you want to get like someone like I don't, I'm not sure if Sam Darnold could win you like many championships. He might be able to win you like one if the team around him is really good or like the team around him is just good. I'm not sure how much he can carry, but like I think yeah. Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Trevor Lawrence has to have a stacked team around him to get mm-hmm. to the playoffs. You, you no, put I'm, some talent around him and then yeah. And to make things clear, I'm not saying here that like I'm 100 sure Trevor Lawrence is going to be an amazing quarterback in this league, but I'm telling you, he's a generational quarterback prospect. Um, he's one of the greatest college quarterbacks we've seen in the past decade. He's once in a generation prospect coming out of the draft. That's not to say that he's going to be a once in a generation quarterback, but you know, Actually, you can never predict that. He's a practice squad quarterback for. Yeah. yeah same with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's a practice squad quarterback now after being a really good prospect. Trevor Lawrence is a generational prospect. We've seen those with Andrew Locke and John Elway and guys like that. Um, it doesn't get much better as a prospect, and Trevor Lawrence is what I'm saying. So, in the last piece you know, of news yeah, here, 
was a great prospect and we all we know we know how that turned yeah. out yeah but well, being but, a great prospect doesn't always mean you're going to translate to the nfl well but it's you know in general that is right to you know normally yes yes so the last piece here it's not real news it's just kind of a funny interesting thing that plays into the narrative of aaron Rodgers um and everything that we know about him um so it's just a report from actually surfaced from your guy on the pat mcafee show um is where it surfaced um aaron Rodgers supposedly pretends at times um that his helmet speaker is not working so that he can call his own plays down there in green bay um that does not surprise me one bit at all we know that aaron Rodgers has been one of the more productive guys at calling their own plays and the guys that likes to do it and matt lafleur is a coach that likes his system um, Mike McCarthy kind of let him do it. Matt LaFleur kind of does not let him do it. And, you know, I guess whatever you need to do, but I can't complain whatsoever because Aaron Rodgers is having one of the best seasons of his career. So I'm, I'm in no place to complain about anything he does at this point. <laughs> yeah. Only like the, the very traditional footballists, I think are like, you shouldn't do that. You should always listen to the coach, you know, because Aaron Rodgers is having a, one of the best, mm-hmm. Not best years of his career, because of course you know he's past his prime. But he's having a, an incredibly, incredibly good Statistically, year. Statistically, he's having uh, probably one of the best years of his career. To be fair, yeah, and yeah, and like you said, he's second place in the MVP voting. If you're gonna, you know, yeah, like that's of course. But um, you know, let him do what he's doing. Keep, let him keep it up because you're winning games. You're undefeated at the moment, you know, and you supplied him with absolutely zero offensive weapons over the off season. So yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, I think that that's kind of funny because, you know, Aaron Rodgers has always been kind of pegged as the guy who's like overconfident and like to a fault at some time, at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes like, cause he's, in, yeah, he's an interview. Like they interview him on the, the Pat McAfee show and he always seems like he's not the person that they like, the media always makes him out to be. But then you also hear that he like, likes to call some plays and stuff, you know, he's Aaron a very Rogers macho. Is like the perfect example of like a California athlete. You know what I mean? He's like, just the charismatic guy, you know, he's a little, a little flashy, a little flamboyant, and he's, he does things his own way, but he's got charisma, he's got style, he's got flair, he's a, he's a good interview, he's a good guy to talk to, but, you know, some decisions make me tilt my head a bit, uh, that's what I'll say. Yeah. Um, All right. So, before, before we get into our predictions, we have the Thursday Night Football game here to go over. Um, yeah. Thursday night football game was yesterday night. One of the most boring games that we thought we were going to see. Um, Denver versus the New York Jets. Denver takes the win, 37-28, to 28, and um, it was boring. Brett Ripien versus Sam Darnold. Um, the top performers we have here are Melvin Gordon to start, 23 attempts for 107 yards and two touchdowns. We've got Tim Patrick, the receiver, six receptions, 113 yards, one touchdown. Josie Jewell, 10 tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and a pass defended. Bradley Chubb with probably the best game of his career with five tackles, two and a half sacks, and two tackles for loss. And then <laughs> for the Jets, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, while well, he didn't have any touchdowns, he had 230 yards and six rushing attempts for 84 rushing yards and a touchdown. We saw him have a really nice long touchdown run. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he, he evaded the defender. I don't remember. And then he juked Justin Simmons completely out of his shoes and took it to the crib for like 40 yards or so. It was a really nice play. Um, you have Jamison Crowder, seven receptions for 104 yards. Jeff Smith, seven receptions for 81 yards. And Pierre Desir, while he got absolutely mossed by Jerry Judy in the beginning of the game for a touchdown, um, he came away with eight tackles, two passes defended, two interceptions, and one of them being returned for a touchdown. So, you know, he got mossed, but when you put up two picks in one touchdown, it's I, I can live with being mossed. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I did not watch this game because I knew it was going to be an awfully boring game. I did see the highlights on the NFL Instagram or just social media in general. I saw some clips. Um, but overall, I could not give much insight. But I can tell you that it certainly, as I can assume, it was really not very fun to watch. Yeah. No. Like, not <laughs> Dude, no, Brett Wright team, two touchdowns, three team, interceptions. Yeah, a, t- a team that I thought was going to be like good, but mouth injuries is obviously not very good. Um, and the Broncos and the team that we pretty much all thought was going to be pretty bad in the Jets. Um, 
I think you said they're going to be eight and eight. So uh, I had faith in them. Not anymore. I had faith in Darnold in the beginning of the season, but then I didn't know. I didn't know just how bad things were going to be. I had faith in Le'Veon Bell and Denzel Mims, but they're both injured too. And yeah, I, I like Denzel Mims, but I don't even think he's, he hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, Mekhi Becton is having a strong rookie year so far, but mm-hmm. for what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was dumb because I saw um what they ended up. He was like had a minor like shoulder injury and coming into the game they said he um he's not gonna start but he's available like in an emergency and then he ended up coming into the game 90 seconds into the game and then not leaving again so why they didn't just start him i i don't know they just sat him for 90 seconds of the game um but he had a productive game um i like mckay Beckham. he was my favorite offensive lineman in the draft i don't think he was the best prospect but I really just like his fit on just about any team. Um, so he was good there. But I guess now. Good all the time. Yeah. yeah. Good in, yeah. A, in like the offensive line scheme, I guess. Um, but yeah, like you said, you went first the last time. So I get to go first this time. So I'll get my first prediction here. I think. Oh, not my notebook here. Other page. So just, just on the top of my notebook, I had the Saints and the Lions as the first game. I'm going to give this game to the Saints 27 to 10. Um, the Saints are, are a much better team than the Lions, and we all know that. I could see the Lions putting up a little bit more of a fight, because I tend to go with the Lions like a little bit more favorably, favorably than usual, so sometimes I'll have them doing better than, than you. Uh, <laughs> but this time, a little bit more of a traditional prediction. So they're down by 17. Kamara is, is carrying, the, carrying the Saints in general, and uh, I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. The Lions have some... Some nice pieces on the defense, but you're not going to be taking any crazy, you know, crazy stops there with them, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and the offense, all the off, I like, I honestly like, you know, I like the Lions offense. The Saints are just, they're just outmatched by the Saints defense that, you know, the Saints are, are contenders and the Lions are not. So, yes, um, that's a lot. So I'm, I'm going to agree with you there, obviously, in the winter. I have New Orleans taking it 34 to 25. Say what you want about Drew Brees and his deep ball. Um. It's a flat out. New Orleans just outmatches them. You could see Michael Thomas return in this game. That's a realistic possibility. Um, and there's there's just not much I can say about this game. While the Lions have actually covered the pass relatively well, they're not good against the run. Um, and Alvin Kamara is the perfect blend of pass and run. He's been the best running back in the league so far this season, um, and it's not really that close. Um, and yeah, Alvin Kamara... I think it's just going to go to town. Um, it's just, they're just plain out, outmatched. That's all I have to say. Well, I think that, I don't think the Lions have a terrible offensive line. Um, I, I look for, for Demario Davis to make a lot of impact. I don't think he's going to get a bunch of sacks or anything, but I think he's going to be a big impact there in quarterback pressures and tackles. Um, and yeah, once again, it's just an outmatch. This is one that there's not much explanation that like you really need to go into. New Orleans takes it for me, 34-25. Yes. Well said. And, up next, I have the Chargers versus the Buccaneers. This one, I can almost guarantee you, you have a different score. But I have the Chargers taking the win, 35-27. to 27. So, so pretty big win. First win of Justin Herbert's career. And mainly, uh, Leonard Fournette is out, and he didn't have a big impact with his first games here. He did have a rushing touchdown. Um, you know, you could expect him to get some more touches, but that's not that big of a deal. Chris Godwin mm-hmm. is also injured and out for this game. Um, and while they have players that can supplement in, I think that's a pretty big loss. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. This is this is another kind of a game. I don't have a lot of explanation, but I do have a, a big hunch. I think the Chargers take the win here. I just like mm-hmm. I just like the way that it's up against the Buccaneers, and especially the, like the Chargers defense is like really is honestly really good. And while the Buccaneers defense is really good with the injuries and stuff, I think a lot of it's pizzazz and it's it's threat is gone, especially with Chris Godwin. Well, you know. You know, Mike Evans is really is a really good wide receiver, and you said he's going to be the best wide receiver in the game in a few years. I said um, the second best wide receiver in the game. Oh yeah, versus uh, Jamar Chase. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I had a hunch with the Colts were going to beat the Vikings, and that came true. So I have a hunch here. Let's see if it pays off. Well, only time will tell. Yeah. Um, what I have, obviously, like you said, is different. I have Tampa Bay taking it seventeen to twenty-seven. Um, 
I think Tampa Bay's defense is very good, personally. Um, we have, obviously, your the guys that everybody knows, Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, and Dominican Sue, JPP, Vita Vea. Um, but Antoine Winfield is quietly one of the best defensive rookies so far, the safety. Um, and that defense has been imposing its will um, thus far this season. And I just think, well, obviously, I think they're going to be able to get a good bit of pressures off on Justin Herbert. And, um, you know, he's a rookie quarterback playing a very experienced. It's Tom Brady versus the Rook and the stellar, two stellar defenses there. Um, and I just think when it comes down to two really good defenses, would I rather have Justin Herbert or Tom Brady? Um, I like Mike Evans for this game. I think, I think this is one that I would like to see Leonard Fournette get more involved in, like he had two games ago. And then you saw them kind of eliminate his touches there and bring back the Ronald Jones show last game. So this is one where, yeah, I, I want to see Leonard Fournette again. And I think if that happens, Tom Brady's going to be able to, to get something going there in the passing game. I have the, the, the Bucks taking it. Leonard Fournette is injured. Oh, is he? He had like, yeah, I saw it. I saw it in fantasy. Uh, okay. he, was, he, was out. He, he probably got injured midweek then because he, he put up like five points or something for me in fantasy this week because I started him even though every fantasy expert told me not to but ever, I had a lot of injuries so. I saw a little O beside his name that said he was out if I'm wrong I'm not starting him this that, week either way but I'm starting Tyler Boyd this week in his place so I, Steelers Deontay, I, John, Deontay Johnson Juice Schuster, Derrick Henry are you know, and a lot of, so I'm suffering from the Steelers and, and Titans not playing this week. Julio, not Julio Jones, Christian McCaffrey and uh, Sam and um, Le'Veon Bell are both on IR. My team is in a wreck right now. So I've got Devontae Parker, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Kareem Hunt starting right yeah. now. But I could, I, I'm thinking about putting Jerick McKinnon in, but I don't know. He didn't, he didn't, he had a good week. He's 16 points last week, but I'm not sure if he's going to keep it up, especially yeah. with Devontae Parker, 31st ranked passing defense in the league so yeah um, i don't know um so yeah what's the next game you got on this list oh yes i'm always i'm always off on a tangent jaguars versus Bengals. i have the Bengals taking this one 21 14 the joe maybe this this might be the first game um first one in joe burrow's career so i like that i like the, the Bengals defense honestly is not it's not that bad so Minshew. Minshew Mania is of course is of course the guy there. We got to see if he's going to be able to be able to do good. You know, that's sorry. There's someone in here in my room talking to me, so I'm trying to, to do stuff. Um, I, I agree with the you there. Two, so not a lot to say there. I can agree with that one. Um, I got Cincy taking it 25 to 20, the first one to Joe Burrow's career. Um, Joe Burrow's been playing out of his mind despite the garbage offensive line, and he's taking that team uh, to a level that I did not expect them to be at. Um, I thought they were going to be one of the absolute bottom feeders in the league. And there's no one that's been actually staying in games with teams that I predicted to be a lot better than them. Um, so, yeah, Joe Burrow is just obviously a really good quarterback already in his rookie season. Already performing a lot better than I expected him to. So, not much to say that it's a better defense, a better constructed roster. Um, I take Cincy by five in this this one. Yes, I, I apologize. Some, a lot of times um, people are trying to talk to me and then I'm trying to talk to you and it's just like, me stuttering. Um, but up next, I have the Vikings versus the Texans. Close game for the, probably the fourth week in a row. I have the Vikings winning. 24-21. <laughs> so that will leave the, the Texans winless yet. Um, the Vikings, I guess, they're still going on paper. They have to, to break through at some point. And I think yeah. this, is a, this is a good time for them, too. Texans have a very rough secondary. Um, there's, there's, some, there's some young pieces there, but... You know, there's um other than JJ Watt, there's no real big guy on that defense, and obviously they miss out on Earl Thomas. So, I don't know, get Chris Cousins on track, get Adam Thielen on track, get Justin Jefferson, get them all on the same page. Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, get the whole thing going, and hopefully you can just just watch the the Vikings get into sync. I still think it's a close game though, honestly. Deshaun Watson can can keep them in the game, and those underrated. Uh, I guess kind of underrated wide receivers. Um, we've, we've talked about the Texans wide receivers a lot. Um, and I don't know. So Deshaun Watson is carry. And Deshaun Watson, I think, will carry. And, you know, he can make plays. He makes plays on the Steelers defense. And the Vikings defense is, is worse than the Steelers defense. So, I don't know. That's, that's where I'm going with that. Um, so I agree with you another time. I usually have the Minnesota Vikings. I would have had them winning every week thus far. Um, 
I have them taking the W here, 24-20, or no, that's your score, 27-24. Right. The Vikings take a W there. Um, they're written down close to each other. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just a better constructed roster. Houston did not sign Earl Thomas, so their their star power is still lacking, especially defensively. Um, there's not much to say. Minnesota's a better roster. I like the offense compared to Houston's lackluster defense so far this year. And I really look for Daniel Hunter to make a big pressure as Houston's offensive line has been abysmal thus far. Um, so look for your for your Daniel Hunters and your Yannick and Gakus to have big games this game, hopefully. And if that happens, um, that's where you're going to see Minnesota take a W. Um, so, yep, Minnesota gets their first W this season here for me. I believe they're on three, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. so yeah, Minnesota takes their first W, 27-24. So I have my first real blowout that I'm thinking is going to go down this week. The Seahawks versus the Dolphins. And the Dolphins haven't looked awful. We like the Dolphins team in general. We think there's a lot of good pieces, some great cornerbacks, and um, a pretty good defense on paper. A young offense with, with Fitzmagic at the helm. I have the Seahawks 38-17, so a big one there. But Russell Wilson is just a magician. He's playing the best in his career. Um as far as I've done, the best I've ever seen him play. Um, <laughs> Tyler Lockett is in sync. Um, AK Metcalf is, is, is still flashy. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, he'll always be flashy and get some big plays here and there. And stuff. Um, the defense for the Seahawks is underwhelming, but hopefully, you know, it's not like the Dolphins' offense is, especially the offensive line, is extremely daunting. There's not a whole lot of, a whole lot of talent there to an extent. But, you know, the Seahawks, the Seahawks are a really good team. They're out. They outmatched the Dolphins. Another one of those cases. Not a whole lot to explain. Just yeah. easy decision. Yeah. Um. Obviously. Wait. What did you have the score as? I didn't get that. One. I, I had thirty-eight to seventeen Seahawks. Okay. Okay. Um. I have it thirty-four to fourteen Seahawks. Obviously, another team where it's outmatched. Russell Wilson's the MVP so far. Um. And while obviously I like Miami's defense, some of the pieces that they have there, um, they're just absolutely no match for the wealth of talent on that offense, notably in the receiving game with Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf. And um, like you said, the defense, they've got some nice pieces on that defense, you know, obviously in the secondary, especially, and then with Bobby Wagner there, but there's no pressure being created. There's no real pass rushing on that team now that they were not able to sign um, Jadavion Clowney. So that's just what it boils down to. Obviously, um, uh, the Dolphins' offensive line is not good, so it's not like really. It's like it's it's kind of an offset there. Um, but yeah, there's there's not much I can really say with with that one. It's just another. They're straight up outmatched. Russell Wilson's playing amazingly. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett are playing amazingly. Seahawks' offensive line is all honestly overperforming my expectations. So um, yeah, Seattle takes the twenty point W though for me. Yeah, it's Jamal Adams is, is practically the leading. He's the most generates the most pressure for the Seahawks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but <clears throat> just up next year, I have the Browns and the boys, the Cowboys. So I have the Browns actually winning here, twenty four to seventeen. So weirdly enough, I have the Browns going up three and one. Very surprising. Um, but the Cowboys, the Cowboys secondary is is really bad. And I'm figuring that out more, more and more every week. They get dusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Browns are not lacking in receiving threats. We all know that Hayden Hurst, um, David Njoku, OBJ, Jarvis Landry. And there's a lot of targets to go around. And then you still have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, two great running backs. There's just a lot of weapons. Um, we saw Alden Smith come back last week for the – or not last week. We saw him come back this season. And he's, he's playing great. I know he was, he was good back – um, before he he got maybe got suspended or something, I'm not I'm not really sure what happened to him. I, that was kind of before my time, or before I was like paying attention to what was really going on around the league. I still think it's gonna mm-hmm. be close though. Dak, Mari Cooper, you know, they're two good teams. Um, so I think it's gonna be a good matchup, probably one of the best of the weeks. I could really see it going either way, but I just go with the Browns. Um, mm-hmm. If the Browns defense can keep up with with Dak and his art like a thousand receiving yards already, he can. <laughs> You know, Dak is playing great, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good game. I personally have Dallas taking this one, 28-32. Um, like you said, Dak leading the league in passing yards thus far. And you brought up the point of the Cowboys' secondary getting dusted. Well, the Cleveland Browns' secondary 
is also kind of getting dusted this season. Uh, I like where Denzel Ward is as a player, but no one else. Obviously, they have say safety injuries to Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harris. Or no, Ronnie Harrison is not. He's the guy they brought in. Um, and Greedy Williams is injured still. Um, he's been injured an insane amount throughout his short career so far. Um, he will not be playing versus Dallas. Um, and yeah, I just... I just see the well, Dallas's offense is performing really well, and their Achilles heel this season has been their defense. Um, just they're losing shootouts, and Cleveland is their offense is not firing on all cylinders to say the least. Um, it's really the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt show. Baker Mayfield's not really been able to get into a groove, get into a rhythm, and get things going with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Um, and I just think Dallas's offense has it all going right. And when it's two teams that are you know, when it's a team like Dallas that's winning these shootout games and they're good offense, bad defense, um, I just don't think uh, Cleveland's offense is able at this point to just keep up with where the Dallas Cowboys are going to be scoring at in relative to their defense. Um, so that's where where I've got there. I just think Dallas Dallas wins shootouts. They get a lot of points. They let off a lot of points. And I just don't think Cleveland's offense is good enough to keep up with the point. The like you, constant flow of points. You make a great point about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, who has had, like, one good game and then, like, a bunch of mediocre games where he's, like, hasn't been a detriment to the team, but he hasn't exactly helped win games. So, if mm-hmm. if Nick Chubb can get going, then the, uh, the Browns can get going. But <laughs> if other than that, you know, they're really stuck without, without the big running game. Up next, we have the Cardinals and your Panthers, kind of. Uh, we both <laughs> like the Panthers a little bit more than average. I have the Cardinals taking the win here, 27 to 21. So <clears throat> the Cardinals, they took a, a surprising loss, kind of a, a a mistake for a younger team. They kind of just overlooked the opponent. Kyle Murray got picked off three times, one time by the, the high draft pick, Jeff Okuda. Um, mm-hmm. Comeback game. That's what I think. I think he's going to, he's not going to let it happen to him again. He's playing another team that is, is worse than the team he has. So <clears throat> I still think, I still think the Panthers can keep it, keep it tight. Um, they're lacking Christian McCaffrey, and that's a big loss because he's obviously the big generator in offense. But Robbie Anderson mm-hmm. is like eighth best receiver now, um, at least according to fantasy, because he was a nice waiver wire ad for me. And you know, so he's been playing good. He's gets a lot of yards, um, but a lot of it comes on the long bomb. Like if he can catch two long passes a game, then he's like still doing good. But um, so so there's some consistency consistency issues, and he's going to be up going going up against Patrick Peterson. So maybe he doesn't like have a huge game, but I still think I still think the Panthers' offense is is good enough that they can like keep up to an extent with the with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. There, it's not going to be. I don't think I think they're gonna. The Cardinals are gonna win more than what the scoreboard looks like. Is what I'm trying to say. Because Teddy yeah. Bridgewater is playing good, but um, they can't. They can't. It's sad. Yeah, I have Arizona winning at 30 to 22. Obviously, um, they match up pretty well. Arizona does as. Carolina has their two receivers, obviously DJ Moore being the number one guy, and then Robbie Anderson. And obviously you have the Arizona Cardinals with their their man, their star corner, Patrick Peterson, all decade player. And then the young rookie or second year guy now, I guess, Byron Murphy and Buda Baker down in the secondary. I I like the way they match up. Carolina's offensive line has not been holding up as well as I had anticipated. And then they have obviously Chandler Jones, one of the best edge rushers in the league. Um and Isaiah Simmons there. I, I like the way they match up, and I think Kyler Murray's just going to be able to get her down this week. Um, the Carolina defense is not too intimidating, really. <laughs> um, I think Kyler Murray's going to need a lot of rushing yards. He's just going to be able to impose his wealth other guy through the air. Um, you know, I, don't, I, I think Carolina has some okay players, but I look for DeAndre Hawkins once again to have a solid game, and I just don't think they have the defensive pieces to be able to match up with, especially the receiving game. Um, and their run defense has been abysmal. And Kenyon Drake, obviously, is a good running back. Um, no discount to him. And without McCaffrey, I just don't think they have the firepower to get her down this week. Arizona takes the W for me, 32-22. Yeah, I can see it happening, a bigger lead there. Um, up next, Colts, Bears, and maybe some more Nick Foles magic comes around. Bears go 4-0. I have the Bears going 4-0. Definitely the worst 4-0 team. Um, and it's still not really even close, but 24 to 14. Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers is, I don't know what to feel about him this year. He, he's been, but once again, it's not like the Colts are, you know, they're not, 
doing great in the win and loss column. Um, so, I don't know. Nick Foles, I don't know. I just, I, I watch those Nick Foles highlights from the Bears, and it, it just looks nice, you know. It just looks like there's some magic there. A full week of practice under his belt. Um, get some more chemistry with those wide receivers and stuff. I, I like the Bears for this week, and I don't know why. I, the defense is so great. Um, I don't know because we we all like to make fun of the Bears because they're, they're three zero and there's no there's they should not be three zero they should be one and two, um, except for the two big comebacks that they had. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they get it done this week. That's that's my take. It's it's kind of bold, and I I know you have a different differentiating view because you were like what, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. Don't know. I've got Indianapolis <laughs> taking this one thirty two to twenty four. Um, I just. Don't think Chicago's going Obviously, you saw Nick Foles perform relatively well. Um, but obviously, as I always talk about, when a, there's a quarterback change, you when you prep your whole team around one quarterback and then you bring in another quarterback with a different play style, they're going to have solid games. Just the defense is not prepped to handle it. Um, and I just, I don't think Nick Foles performed as well as the stat sheet says. Um, obviously, had a good game, but I don't think it was like amazing by any means. And Indianapolis, you know, they're two and one football team. I personally, I think I had them higher than the Bears in the power rankings. I just think they're a flat out better football team. Their defense is really clicking on all cylinders at this point. Um, Darius Leonard is one of the most talented linebackers in the league. DeForest Buckner is having a really good season. And we're seeing another great season, you know, hopefully a revitalization in the career of Xavier Rhodes. Um, hopefully, quote. Um, I just really like where that Colts team is right now. And the Bears have not been particularly good at stopping the pass thus far this year. Um, and, you know, Philip Rivers is a gunslinger as well as I do. Um, and I'm not going to say that, like, Philip Rivers obviously got there for 400 yards and four touchdowns or anything. You know, like, that would be absurd. But, like, I predict Indianapolis to take this one relatively handily. Uh, I just don't see, like, Nick Foles as someone that's, like, this uber productive quarterback or anything. I just think he's, you know, he gives you about what Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you is the light that I kind of tend to shine on Nick Foles. So, yeah, there it is. Indianapolis 32, Chicago 24. I was not aware that the Colts are 2-1. and one. So, I, uh, so, obviously, uh, I, I haven't changed my, my view, but I did not have the Colts 2-1. Up next, I have the Ravens and the Washington Redskins. I, I mean, whoa, no, whoa, no, sorry, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. Whoa. Hey, 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 hey. We don't say that anymore. I, I apologize. I'm very, very sorry. The Washington football team. I have the Washington football team taking this. No, I'm, of course, I'm kidding. I had the Ravens winning 41 to 10. That I don't, I don't know. That's that's crazy. That's a lot. I that's said, very but that's not that's not even like super far off from what I have. <laughs> um, this is. I don't even think there's any. There's no explanation needed. No explanation. I yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I have Baltimore winning 38 to 10. <laughs> And I have two words to explain this game. Trace McSorley. Um, I don't know if anyone else is getting this, but my entire social media feed is like Trace McSorley at this point. If you don't know who Trace McSorley is, he is the Baltimore Ravens third string quarterback. And there's the song that someone created about Trace McSorley. And it's just blowing up and everyone loves him all of a sudden. Um, So... You know, shout out Trace McSorley. If you're somehow watching this, we love you. Um, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> Trace McSorley. Hodge is the goat. He's uh... <laughs> yeah, Trace McSorley. I'll give Trace McSorley the edge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Trace McSorley's still on a roster. So that's where I give him the edge. And Doug, that couldn't make the roster. Um, yeah, that's the, like you said, there's no explanation really needed for that. Baltimore is a top. Yeah, we both had them at top two. There's an argument to be made that Green Bay is the second in the league, but you're not arguing that Baltimore is not a top three team in the league. Um, I won't hear it. And Washington is a bottom five team in the league. And yeah, that's all there is to it. That's all I can say. Yeah. Duh. <clears throat> now, up next, I have the Giants and the Rams. I have the Rams taking this one 27 to 14. So, Giants. Not a great team, but you can see Daniel Jones like putting a few quarterback. I mean, two touchdowns. Devontae Freeman is they going to be there? We'll be able to see if he's really going to be productive or not because he got very limited um, touches with his first week there because he had a short week. So, nothing, you know, I don't think this needs a lot of explanations either. The Rams are honestly looking good there. The running game is good. Um, 
you know, the, the receiving the game, the past game has been has been pretty good. Sean McVay is showing off his offensive, his great offensive mind. And um, I don't know, they're, they're, they've impressed me. I don't know what my record prediction was for them, but the Rams, I think, have looked better than I like a lot better than I thought they have. I, haven't, I don't know. I haven't heard much about their defense, but I like I'm a big highlights guy because I cannot watch a lot of games because I'll, I'll watch like one game. And then I'm at like church for like a bunch of like a bunch of like the late night game. So I don't always get to see that one. But mm-hmm. I like to watch the highlights going on. And I have not seen a lot of Rams defense. What's going on in the defensive side of the ball for the Rams. But there's Aaron Donald and and some other nice pieces that we all know about. So Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp. Um, mm-hmm. John so. Johnson. <laughs> John Johnson. What's your, what was your score for them? Um, 27-14. Okay. I have the Rams taking it. 33 to 16. Um, so not too, too far off. Um, it's another one that comes down to just a better team. The Giants are a bottom two team in the league, we both said. Um, and there's not much they can do. Their, their running defense is not good whatsoever. And the LA Rams are a team that loves to run the ball this year um, with, with Daryl Henderson, namely the past couple of weeks. Um, I think yeah, they're just a, a better football team. While their defense you know, isn't putting up the flashiest of plays, They've been solid enough to get the job done. Um, and that gi- that Giants uh, line is not performing well. They're a line that I've said a lot. I like the personnel. But when you're not able to play together at all throughout the season, you're just not a good offensive line. So, And Daniel Jones, we know, has a fumbling problem. And when you're going up against Aaron Jones, or Aaron Donald, I'm sorry, a fumbling problem is the worst problem you can have. Um, so just look out for that. I mean, it's just a flat-out better team. LA Rams, like you said, are really overperforming, and the New York Giants are really underperforming. So I give it to the Rams for me, 30-16. Yeah, and one of the hardest games for me to predict of the week, the Patriots versus Chiefs. Um, the winner is obvious. It's obviously the Chiefs are going to win. But what was the score? How close can I, do I think the Patriots can keep it? And I went with 35-30, to 30, kind of a shootout of game. Cam? I was really – our scores were really close. <laughs> Oh, let's go. Um, yeah, so I, I think Cam Cam can keep him in. Cam and Belichick are, and you know that off the great coaching staff of the of the Patriots. Um, if they can out, if they can out coach Andy Reid, then they can come to this, <laughs> which yeah. you can assume. I don't think they. Can. So it's just it's kind of that they're outmatched. The offense is a lot better, and the Patriots' offense, the Chiefs' defense is really underrated at this point. They've like they've been playing honestly really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Patriots' offense, they just don't have a lot of firepower and a lot, or a lot of talent. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you said 35-30. Mine was 36-30 um, in favor oh. of Kansas City. <laughs> Super close. Um, and, like, it's like Cam Newton is not putting up, like, crazy stats thus far this season, but he's doing enough to, like, either win them or keep them extremely close in every game. Um, and I just think it's going to stay up. Bill Belichick's system is so good. Cam Newton has still been having a good season. And while Kansas City's defense hasn't been bad, notably in the pass rushing game, um, they're obviously they torched Lamar Jackson last last week. But um, overall, their passing defense has not been amazing. Um, and you know maybe look for Julian Edelman a little bit because they haven't necessarily done well against slot receivers. Like they're locking down Baltimore because they're all their receivers are deep threats. Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, Devin Duvernay. Um, and they have Tyron Matthew lurking back there, but you know, they haven't done necessarily as well versus the small slot guys like a Julian Edelman. Um, but yeah, once again, it's Patrick Mahomes versus that new England defense that is not star studded. And at this point, um, so yeah, give it to Kansas city there by six for me. Easy, easy win there for them in terms of predicting it. <laughs> Very close scores yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, so the way these scores always go is that unless you're wrong, I feel like your score is normally closer unless you're like unless you like had the wrong team winning. I feel like I normally have the games being a little bit closer than they normally are, and you have them like being a little bit more of a blowout sometimes. So yeah, I ju- uh, I tend to have my games just always a little bit more higher scoring. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting trend. But coming into the final stretch here, three more games to predict: Bills versus Raiders, and I think this could be a really good game if the Raiders don't have like one of the weird games where they just decide they don't want to like play the game of football the right way anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. 27 to 24 Bills. I think I think the Bills take the win. Um, Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. Um, Bills defense is playing good. Tredavious White is, is as you said, 
I think you had him second. I I always forget. Or you had him second best cornerback. Yeah, I had him second. I had him three, right behind Ramsey, and obviously, um, obviously Stephon Gilmore. So I think it'd be really close. I think the teams match up pretty well with Josh Jacobs and and that really good rushing game versus the uh, the Bills and the really good passing passing game there. So I think it could be more high scoring. I don't think it gets much like farther of a point. I mean, three yeah. points is really close. It could be like could be more, but I don't know. Another, that's where I'm going. Another game for us to be at a close and score. You had twenty seven to twenty four. I had twenty eight to twenty three. Um, we're getting really close here in the past couple. Um, just like you said, Vegas is playing really well. Um, a lot better than I had anticipated coming into the season. It's just every once in a while, like once every like four years or so, they'll just like have a really good season. Um, and then they'll fall off again. I like what you said there. Like just every once in a while, they'll just decide that they are going to be absolutely garbage for a game. Like, especially when they have their good seasons, there's always just a few games where they're just absolute trash for no reason at all. Um, so, you know, that can always happen, but Buffalo's a good team. Josh Allen is probably my third MVP candidate at this point. Um, he's been stellar so far this season. Um, and that defense, man, that's all I have to say is that defense, you know. Derek Carr is a guy that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Josh Jacobs is extremely productive, but that defense is just so good. Um, yeah, that's all there is to it. Buffalo's got a stellar offense, and Vegas is, I don't know if Vegas' defense is nearly good enough to be able to contain what Josh Allen's been doing recently. So, yeah, that's what I got there. Still relatively close because I like where Vegas is at this point, but I bet Buffalo taking it by five. All right. And now we got the battle of the hospital. The Eagles versus the 49ers. Yeah, and I have the 49ers taking two straight wins here, going up 21 to 17. So we saw them do it against the horrible team, the Jets, with the with the incredibly uh, injured team that they have, and they got some players back um, off of their their uh, their injury injured list there. So they're only going to get better, and they're playing a team that's a little bit better, but hasn't been like they haven't been playing much better. Um, so I think the Eagles can probably keep it close, but they're all this, but they're both so injured. I could think I could see the 49ers winning by, um, mm-hmm. the 49ers are so deep. We mention it all the time. The 49ers have a lot of depth in their positions and they're like, they're set to win. Um, the, the, they were built the right way. Um, a great running game. And Nick, Nick Mullins has, um, it, he does what it needs to get done. You know, he's not going to beat the Steelers, but, or like the Bills or any of the top defenses, but, you know, mm-hmm. he can get it done versus level defenses that are more injured. Um, the only thing that really issues me is that there's absolutely, like, no aerial attack for the um, the 49ers at this point because their number one receiving target is Brandon Ayuk, and I can assume Darius Lay is going to lock down the rookie wide receiver, so I don't know. But the running game is obviously more important for that offense. So, um, so yeah, I have... San Fran taking it as well. I have 25 to 28, so just a little bit closer. Um, they're so injured, man. It's not even It's not even funny. And if Carson Wentz gets his act together, this could easily be a Philadelphia W. Um, but San Francisco is still playing well. That defense is still really good. Um, even with all the injuries, they're just so well coached with Kyle Shanahan offensively. And the, that Philly defense has not been holding its own weight as much as you would expect it to. So... Um, you know, 25-28 I have here, it could go either way, but I'm still going to give it to San Francisco. They're both extremely injured, but I still think San Francisco is just a better team. Yep. And final game of the week, as long as I am i didn't look at a crappy You're website and have all I counted it all up. Packers-Falcons, the battle of the loaded offenses, and then it comes down to which defense is better because they're, they're both offenses that are playing incredibly well. And that answer is pretty obvious, the Packers. So this game is going to the Packers for me. 35-28. Um, I could see the Falcons putting up more points, but um, I don't know. I could see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't know. This is, this, look at just like I said, they're both incredibly good offenses with quarterbacks who are having really good years with Devontae Parker and then Calvin Ridley. And Julio Jones is questionable, so he might play or not. If you know, then obviously they're going to be at, the Packers going to be outmatched with like who's on the offense, like who's healthy and going to play. But it doesn't matter. And Rogers is playing out of his mind. The defense for the Packers is is good, generating a lot of pressure, which we all know from the the Smith brothers. 
you're going to get a lot of um, a lot of trouble up front. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like the Packers with this matchup, but I could be, honestly see it go either way. This might be the first loss for the Packers all season, but that's just not the most likely outcome in my opinion. And you said 35-28, right? That is what I said. I believe. Yeah, so I have it 30-37 to Green Bay. But like you said, battle of the offenses. Well, like Green Bay still takes it 37-30. They're just so good at this point. Um, and while this is what Atlanta is going to be in every game, um, they're just such have such a good offense and their defense. They can't keep a lead, obviously. But um, if Julio plays, they've they've got such a good offense from a talent standpoint. Matt Ryan's playing well. Calvin Ridley's leading the, or I guess I think he's second in the league in receiving yards right now. Um, they're blowing out. Calvin Ridley's had over a hundred yards in every game thus far. They're just going to town, um, and I just think Green Bay's going to take it. Obviously, like you said, they're getting pressure. That defense is a lot more talented than that of Atlanta. So this could be a bigger blowout. This could be closer. This is a really volatile game in terms of the score, but um, I still think either way Green Bay's going to take the W here. 37-30 is my prediction, but who knows what the score's going to be. Green Bay's got it. Though. That is a great take. I love it. <laughs> um, I just I just remembered, you said... The Ravens are going to win because of three words, and they said Trace McSorley. <laughs> did I say three? I, I swear you did. I'll, I'll go back. Five words. Trace the goat. Four words. Trace the goat McSorley. Uh, that, that's funny. Um, I don't know where they found that song, because it's obviously from when he can't play college, because it's called college number, and they're talking about Penn State, where yeah. he played college. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think it's... Um, and obviously, those when those trends take off, they... Uh, they go for time, and they get they get their their interactions on social media, and then they go, they'll go away in a week or so. But but well, for now, we rejoice in the Trace McSorley. Yes, things I don't even know what to call it. Trace McSorley. But, oh, Trace McSorley. It's like I don't even remember how it goes. I just remember the end where it's like Baker won the Heisman. Next up, Trace McSorley. Yeah, and that's it's all like, I remember. Something about Vandy. Yeah, he he got the natty on his mind. The national just a kid from Briarwood. I remember that. <laughs> if I feel like, I'm not sure. That's just I don't think silly. we. I put it. I put it in here. I'd like download it and put it on here, but I'm not sure if that would get copyrighted or not. I don't want to get into that. So I have no clue. Trace <laughs> McSorley sound on YouTube, and I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like most people, as long as you like, you're on Instagram or or TikTok or something like that, you'd see that that sound if you're a sports fan and you. Um, but if you, yeah, if you, you give me a lot of sports stuff, then I'm sure. um, so yeah, there you go. We've got our um, our predictions. We'll we'll be back here on Monday talking about just going through the games, what happened in all the Sunday games, and then probably not going to be able to get to the Monday night game at that point. But only time will tell. But uh, yeah, it's been a good one here. We've got some good predictions in here. Some most of them were pretty similar. How many? We had three games that we predicted different winners this time. That was Cleveland, Dallas, Indianapolis, Chicago, and Chargers versus Buccaneers. But other than that, all of our predictions were the same once again. So um, we're usually pretty similar when it comes to what teams we want. Obviously, the scores. This is one of the closer games we have when it comes to scores, but obviously we usually have about three differences of like teams. So Yeah, I mean, a lot of these games, it just it's pretty obvious a lot of the times. You know, you, you see what you know what team's better, and uh, and you know you can manage what team you think has more momentum. And that's why I think the Bears have more moment, momentum going into the game than the Colts. Um, like in general, you know, they've won three straight when their team have come back from them, and you know, I feel like that's got to give you confidence to an extent. But yeah, um, that one was kind of weird. And then with the other one, um, which one I forget, there was one that yeah, it was just like it's just more of a hunch, and it's just like a gut feeling. I think. But I think that team can take one. I don't remember. I can look at my notebook. You game. The uh, I think was it last. I think last week it was the Chargers Buccaneers. Oh, this week. Vi- okay, yeah. Vikings Colts was last week. I just kind of had a hunch. Um, and it was right, but it was it was much closer than I said it was. I thought the Colts would kind of get away with it. Philip Rivers does not seem right in the Colts, and I'm never gonna get used to it because yeah, me neither. It's just like him and Ben. Like Ben, Big Ben, and Philip Rivers and Eli Manning were all in the league for from the time that I was like actually born. So it's so weird, to, like because they play, all played for like the same team, and Philip Rivers is the only one that's 
that's changed what team they played for, you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's, you know, stuff happens there. I don't like Philip Rivers in that sense. I thought it was going to be okay, but it, I'm never going to get used to it, like you said. Uh-huh. But, yeah. You know. So, it has been a good episode here. We're running at an hour and 15 minutes here, just about. Um, like I said, you got the predictions there. We'll be back here on Monday. Um, hit us up with what you want to see. If there's anything interesting that you want to see, let us know what you feel about our predictions. Right, wrong, let us know why. And um, good stuff here for the episode. And without further ado, yeah, I guess. It is, we are going into the weekend, you know. So we, we oh, got a lot okay, of yeah. You know, yeah, uh, I could I I could never end it off without this. You forgot you forgot one of the most cherished of Colin Joe Shotrins that yes. you know we really hope this episode acts as the perfect segue to the most awesome week in your life. I kind of copied that from the Pat McAfee. He kind of said something very similar to that. So please don't say anything about it. Um, um but honestly, you know, I would say it. It's the weekend, and especially if you have the weekend off from like work or school. I mean, obviously you're from school. Just just have fun because whenever you get back to your normal life, you know, it's just gonna be, be- it's just gonna be boring. And you, you wanna make sure you have weekends when you can. So yes, that's my yes, inspiration. Yes. I yeah. live for I live <laughs> at this point that's not entirely false. So <laughs> So I guess with that, from us here at the Colton and Joe Show, we are officially peacing.